Welcome to Horror Makes Us Happy, the podcast where we ask the question, what is it about horror that makes us happy? Your hosts are Steve Becker and myself, Chris Whitman, and you can find out more about it, about us at our website, horrormakesushappy.com. Today's guest is Chris Woods. He is a director, producer, cinematographer, best known for American Holocaust, Chaos AD, and uh, the Sleazebox series. Welcome, guys. Glad to have you here. How you doing? Thanks for having me on the show. Our pleasure. Is there anything you want to plug or anything you're currently working on before we get started? Um, well, um, always go to the sleazebox.com and that's where you can, you know, get, pick up, uh, DVDs and Blu-rays, um, from our films. Um, I'm actually launching a OnlyFans and Patreon, uh, page. Uh, they're currently up right now. Um, and, but I'm still kind of building them. You can see behind the scenes, uh, pictures from any of our films from the past eight years um uh we're also i'm also kind of working on getting um actually only fans has the original sleazebox web series as season one and two three will be up there shortly and um for only fans we're also going to and up and probably on patreon we're gonna have uh the sleazebox girls like a monthly kind of like a playboy playmate type of thing like every month do like a centerfold starting in january um and hopefully hopefully get some movies up on there as well i got i'm still new to that um but uh i i previously had a channel on vimeo but that was taken down um where you can buy and rent movies digitally for streaming just um kind of um got kind of several projects in the mix um that's pretty much it. I mean, I got a couple other things, but I can get into that as we, you know, talk during this interview. Mm-hmm. I was going to say you, it, for a moment there, you're the first person I've ever heard talk about an OnlyFans that wasn't uh, personal sexual, ref, uh, you know, related, but then you kind of went there anyway. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now I see why yeah. you're going there. Mm-hmm. Cool. And I'd like to clarify while you're talking about that, I uh, decided to check out Sleazebox. It's thesleazebox.com. Yes, uh, it's thesleazebox.com. Yeah. Apparently, sleazebox.com is a record uh, record company. A record, yeah. Not what I was going to think it was. <laughs> I know, right? Like, I'm just randomly typing sleazebox.com in my browser, like, oh, this should be good. What if I got it wrong? <laughs> Whitehouse.gov. <White House. laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> um, in this interview, actually, we're going to be uh, focusing more on your interests uh, as a horror fan more than your work. But, of course, okay. that will probably bleed through uh, yeah. in certain places. Um, we'll be asking questions in three different sets. Uh, same questions three times, focusing on childhood, adulthood, uh, teenage years, because coming at it from different directions like that sometimes triggers memories that you had forgotten. Um mm-hmm. That said, it's not meant to be a therapy session. So if there's any questions yeah. you don't want to answer, just say, I'll pass on that one and we can okay. move on. Pause. So starting with childhood, what are some of your earliest memories of scary things? Oh, wow. Well, um, probably the biggest movie that stuck out was The Shining. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was, I'm a big Star Wars fan, Indiana Jones, uh, those type of movies. I was big into sci-fi and adventure. So as a little, like a real little kid, I, you know, horror movies are too scary to watch, but mm-hmm. I do remember bits and pieces of The Shining as a kid, uh, Poltergeist, those movies really scared me. 
And um, I also um, kind of was introduced to like, you know, the, the uh, universal monsters as well, like Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, uh, actually through uh, watching Abba Costello films, because I remember Abbott <laughs> Abba and Costello meet Frankenstein was a big movie they, they used to show up in New York on WPIX. Uh, every Sunday there was a Abba Costello film. And that was one of the ones in the rotation. And there was other ones too. They were there. They face like they faced the mummy and Boros Koloff was popped up here and there in the, in his film in the, in their films. So, so that was kind of my, uh, I guess, introduction as a, as a little kid to horror movies. Being afraid of horror in the early childhood is not uncommon. Um, I'm sort of along the same lines. Same. Yeah. I was going to say too, that's, um, I don't know. How, I think we've had a couple of guests so far that have said the, the Shining for an early childhood uh, influence. With but, good reason, uh, mm-hmm. right? I don't know if I thought of it previously, but it just popped into my head. Like, it's interesting seeing that movie as a kid. Like, you see it as you're older, and you kind of identify with Jack, mm-hmm. the uh, the older adult character. But watching it as around that same age as Danny, like, I wonder if you you look at Danny as the protagonist right. while watching it. Like, I, I agree with that. Yeah, and then Shining's still like one of my favorite films of all time. Uh, still one of the scariest films. Um, I, I'll kind of watch it once a year at least. You know, kind of revisit it. It's a Christmas movie. It counts. Mm-hmm. There's there's snow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but, um, yeah, a lot of, you know, uh, I mean, real quick, other, I guess, other films that I saw as like a, like a kid, maybe like a, a 10, 11, um, would that classify possibly as horror films would be like, maybe like gremlins, right? Yeah. Uh, even though it's kind of more for kids and, but still there's a lot of, you know, the gremlin the, the, back then they were, they were pretty vicious yes. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, um, ghostbusters would be another one. Right. Um, mm-hmm. When you first saw The Shining, uh, were you, I think you said you were scared by it or fascinated? Like, what, what was the emotional reaction? I, well, actually, the first time I heard about it, um, so my uncle, uh, who at the time was like probably in his early 20s, uh, he used to go see, you know, a lot of horror films in the early 80s, like Friday the 13th and The Shining. And I remember him just kind of tell, like telling me about, the shining and Friday the 13th, like just bits and pieces about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was kind of, you know, scared and fascinated about the movie. And so, and then finally it came on like regular TV. Mm. So like ABC or NBC or one of those. And I remember watching it. I probably was about 10 when I first finally saw it. And I was like, you know, wow, this, this is <laughs> like, you know, and it was scary just, you know, and they cut out all like the gory stuff and right. the violence, obviously. But, um, so I didn't really get to see the full uncut version till I was like a teenager, which I'm sure was still uh, interesting because even if you take that stuff out, the story is actually maybe weirder because you don't get yeah. all some, all the background. Yeah. yeah. And you still have the tone too, just, you know, the way Kubrick sets scenes up and the, the audio of the whole thing. I mean, it's, it's creepy even without the gore. Yeah. Yeah. It was still scary. Cause they had the, I mean, the, the two twins girls, they freaked me out. Of course. I mean, this, like this, them flashing them like that kind of subliminal, you know, clip in the beginning when Danny's like having his little, uh, like episode in the, in the bathroom and the show like that, the stem, like, like, Whoa, it's like, just kind of pop out of nowhere. So it was still scary without, 
you know, because they kind of they showed a lot of stuff on regular TV, you know, um, mm-hmm. and you know, and same thing with Poltergeist. I, mean, I think Poltergeist I saw uncut when I was a kid because I think we had like Showtime or the Movie Channel or something growing up. And uh, mm-hmm. how old were you when you saw that? Probably eleven, I'll say, maybe okay. ten or eleven. That freaked me. I just remember the uh, the tree freaked me out because yes. it was a big. It was a big tree outside my window too. So it was like, and I think at the time we were uh, building an, uh, like a in-ground pool too. Oh, so, nice. <laughs> so, so that was like, okay. Make sure yeah. you check the ground. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So there was a lot of similarities that was going on in the movie that was happening at my, my house. At the nice. Time as a kid, so. And were you in Utica at the time? Yes, yes, okay. it was. Well, I don't know. I mean, we've got Seminole Indians in Florida, but uh, I was going to say possibly more likely. Mohawk. Have, hmm? Mohawk? Yeah. The Mohawk Valley. Yeah. Yeah, there are definitely tribes out that way. Yeah, uh, yeah my dad took me to see that in the theaters. Um, and like I said, I think I might have been eight or nine. Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> it's a fun family movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think the first horror movie I saw in a theater was uh critters nice nice and that was kind of even scary at the time and you're yeah. like looking at back now it's not like eh, but you know it's still eh, it's still a decent movie so going back to uh the shining for a minute you mentioned scared and fascinated um you know we briefly talked about the general uneasy setting that kubrick had used was there anything else in particular that scared you about um we can talk about both the scared and the fascination but mm-hmm. what, what was it that scared you well, the little, the twin girls, um, uh, towards the end, like when he's going with the ax and, you know, he's kind of hiding and he's, you know, like, especially when he kills Dick Carlin and, uh, when he's chasing Danny, especially through the, the, maze. the maze and lizard. So that was kind of freaky. Even at the end, that image of him frozen, it's little, yeah. little subtle things like the way Kubrick, um, like after, like after Jack's ta- chasing Danny and Wendy's like walking around the hotel, and there's like they just kind of she turns around and the camera just zooms on like Dick Holloran's dead body, and then that she turns around and screams, and then there's the guy where he's like got the blood on his you know between his head, and he's like great party, isn't it? And like that was kind of just freaky, just these and like her going into that one room, there's all the skeletons and. And even the, even like the part, and I remember when I first saw it on TV, because they didn't show the full, <laughs> the full scene where she's going, like when I first saw it, she's just going up the stairs and she looks and all of a sudden the camera just zooms in on the, the like aristocrat old guy and the, the guy dressed up yeah. as a dog or a bear. Mm. <laughs> so yeah. on TV, they just zoom in on that and you're like, that was just creepy. But obviously when you see the. The regular version, the you know the 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 guys giving the guy the blow blow job and stuff, and then lifts lifts his head up and then they zoom in. Oh, and who can forget the uh, the old lady in the bathtub? Mm. Oh yeah, um, yeah, that was the show there. That was like that. Oh, oh, yeah. So so all that stuff, and but and in the same way, all that same stuff was fascinating as you know I watched. And seeing like how Kubrick, the style of Kubrick, and you know the 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 camera angles, the music, the cinematography, 
the editing, every everything in the film. Yeah. When you talked about the fascination, would you say that that came later because it sounded more like you were talking about, you know, the fascination with the art or the storytelling, you know, the, the art of creating the movie or would, do you think that the fascination was there from the beginning as well? It was probably there from the beginning. Um, but it was more so when I got, you know, as a teenager, when I really was into horror films and. Okay. So it's, it was there, but it grew. Yes. Um, you mentioned the, uh, the tree and the pool in poltergeist. Anything else jump out at you is particularly scary in that one. Um, guy peeling his face off. That's yes. That was, that was, yeah. yeah. I forget the guy peeled his own face off. That's yeah. That was, um, and I think that's it. A lot of people get scared of the scene with the clown, but that didn't really Mm. scare me. Yeah, I always found that one kind of goofy as well. It's yeah, that like, right, got long go go gadget arms. Okay, looking back on it now, uh, interesting. You know, the whole movie was creepy, and then like just the last ending of it was just it turned into a complete shit show. <laughs> like, really elevated the yeah. level of oh fuck. Um, <laughs> this is the finale. You got to crank it up, you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> any other influences from childhood other than films like literature or um or like any uh any experiences where you're actually terrified in real life no i don't th- no i don't think so okay um you mentioned your uncle had gone to see these movies was your uncle a horror fan yeah yeah at the time he was at the time you know uh, but he also was big at the star wars at the time um actually other there are some other things that did scare me as a kid. Now thinking about it, haunted houses mm. for Halloween. Nice. So I remember kind of like, so up in New York, like there was these mom and pop haunted houses. It's not like here where in Tampa, where there's hollow screams or screamageddon or even, you know, Halloween Horror Nights at Universal. There were these mom and pop haunted houses that would be up in, in like in the country where these farm, like, people that had farms because they would sell the pumpkins. They would have haunted hay rides, which I love haunted hay rides. I miss those. Um, But a lot of times they would have, they would make makeshift haunted houses. And I remember as a real little kid, I maybe it was probably, yeah, it was probably like maybe seven or six or seven or something going into a haunted house. And it was just like a barn. And and I think I was with my mom going through, but it's just like people, it was like a simple haunted house, like people just jumping out. And I even remember like going through the haunt. I was like terrified. I was like crying and stuff, I think. <laughs> and, uh, and I think they even like towards the end of the haunted house, like they wouldn't let you out of the haunted house. That like the people like they kept and they kept like, you know, there was people dressed up and trying to just, they were just standing there being like, rah, you know, and that just freaked me out. And then finally they opened the door and I remember just running out screaming. And- <laughs> <laughs> nice. What would a haunted hayride be? Oh, those those are cool. Those so I don't think yeah. so. No, I went on those mainly back, like when I was more a teenager, and that's when I like really was into horror films. And they had a lot that like, you just get on um like a big wheelbarrow or whatever, like a big thing where you you put a lot mm-hmm. of people on a on a like a, I don't know what's called, but, but there's a bunch of it's hay like a big uh, big pallet truck and it has yeah. hay bales on it, so yeah. you can sit on them and yeah, you just ride around in the hay truck and shit jumps out at you and things. Yeah. So they would have like, they would have a trail and then like they would have a tractor attached to the, 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 you know, the, the big truck, you know, you know, big wagon or something. And, 
they they would make stops and they would have someone dressed as Leatherface come out with a chainsaw and trying to chase the the wagon and stuff. So, but those are really cool. And there's not a lot here in Tampa. The only thing came close was there's a, a place called Screamageddon, which is up in Dade City, which is in Pasco County, north of here. They had a haunted hayride, which was so badass. It was like, it, it was great. I'm surprised they don't. They replaced it with zombie paintball, mm-hmm. which were oh, yeah. like a tr- like a school bus with the windows cut out, and you just shoot zombies with paintballs, and you got to pay extra for mm. it. So ah. it's lame. <laughs> yeah, but the rest, of, like, the rest of the place right. is really cool. But I wish they still had that haunted. Yeah, I only only. Then on the haunt, that haunted hayride a couple years ago, they had it, and then they. Stopped. I like the idea of the uh, zombie paintball though, but maybe not in that setting, but more like actually in like a paintball arena, like a an yeah. urban setting. Like that could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um. So was anybody else in your family a horror fan? Was it just your uncle? Yeah, just him. Um, and like I said, he wasn't like a huge, huge horror fan. I think it was just because it was the 80s and that was the popular. He was young and that was the popular movies that played because this was during the the peak of the slasher okay. films. You know, so. so the movies that you did see during your childhood, though, they didn't trigger any like phobias or anything like that. Nothing permanent. I t- no, actually, now, yes. You know, I'm going back. It's like a therapy set. Going back. Um, I don't know if you remember, like, in the uh, 70s, there was a lot of, they called them, I guess, uh, Nature Gone Wild movies, or where they're all about, you know, there were Like giant natural animals, like the the giant crabs, giant frogs. Yeah, so there was, like, you know, Stanley for snakes, and there was Day of the Animals, which was a bunch of, you know, there was Hellhound from, or whatever, Devil Dog, Hellhound from Hell, or Hound from Hell the movies that really scared me were movies about spiders. Like that really creeped me out. Uh, I remember seeing like kiss of the tarantula and, and kingdom of spiders. And it was like tarantulas, the deadly cargo. And so those films like freaked okay. me out. Like, cause I was then So I, 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 I like a fear of spiders and stuff. So from that. Fair, fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned Halloween. Did you, I'm guessing you probably dressed up for Halloween. Any favorite yes. costumes? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I mainly dressed up as some somebody from Star Wars. Uh, I had the, the if you remember the Ben Cooper line of Halloween costumes with the plastic mask that with the rubber band and the the jumpsuit, the plastic jumpsuit stuff. I mean, he made Ben Cooper's made anything from the famous monsters to. We remember the, those costumes. I'm you're the first person we've talked to that actually remembered the manufacturer's name. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm a Thank big you fan. for that. I'm a big fanboy and I have a lot of friends <laughs> that are fanboys, but yeah, Ben Coop, that's the that's the brand. That's yeah. Yeah, dressed up as Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Chewbacca. Oh my god, they have a Ming one. Oh god. They have Ming from um, <laughs> um Flash Gordon. Oh from Flash Gordon? Flash Gordon, thank you. Yes. And least favorite costume? Least favorite, maybe E.T. So. Why was it your least least favorite? I don't know. Uh, I mean, I like E.T., but it was like, it, it, he, you know, he's not Darth Vader. You know? Right. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Any reoccurring dreams when you were a kid? Uh, no. No, not that I know of. <laughs> not that I remember, I guess. 
No, uh, no wolves chasing you around the kitchen like Chris. Maybe I had spiders. Do you remember spiders sometimes? Yeah. All right, teenage years. Um, you mentioned critters. What what else uh, really impacted you in teenage years? Okay, so so this is when I think when I turned thirteen. That's when I got older. That's when I was like started getting more of a fascination with horror films, and I wanted to embrace them. Um, I remember, for, yeah, like Critters was one. Um, I think I saw Ghoulies on TV. But really what I call it my gateway drug to horror films was the original Night of the Living Dead. Okay. Uh, and, um, and I got a cool story for that. Um, it was on Halloween night, 1987. Mm-hmm. Um, so back in the 80s, I was 14 at the time. I kind of want to watch a horror film. It was Halloween. I'm like, and I really wasn't really into horror films yet, but I was trying to get into horror, you know, I was trying. So I don't know if you guys remember, you know, on USA network at the time they had night flight. Mm -hmm. They also had Saturday nightmares. They used to show a lot of cool horror, old horror films. And on that Halloween, they had, um, night living dead. And I remember, uh, I didn't catch it at the very beginning. I caught it as Barbara's running from the first, the bill, Heinzman, the, the cemetery zombie when, and, you know, and so I, I didn't even know what, what this was. I was just like, you know, and I just started watching it and I was, it got me really intrigued throughout the whole movie. And even I was, and I was like shocked about the ending where, you know, Ben gets killed and yeah. you, I saw the hero, the protagonist die. I'm like, you know, I was like, what the hell? Wow. It's like, so when I that changed my life, that movie. Um, that's when I was like, I need to see other movies like this, and that's where it started. That's where my addiction started with horror films. Um, and I think that movie made me want to be a filmmaker. I think at that moment I didn't say I want to be a filmmaker, but it, it took maybe like a couple months after that. Um, but then I you know, dived into like, I I think I remember just renting uh, a lot of horror films. Like I rented psycho and the, and I rented the shining and then one, and and all the Friday the 13th movies. And at the time, I think we were up to, uh, six. So, and, and nightmare on Elm street. Cause I was fast. I, was fa- I also liked Freddy. Cause I remember seeing, cause at the time it was nightmare three. It was out. Mm-hmm. And, um, the dream warriors nightmare yeah the dream warriors and uh get you know getting catch caught up with those movies and the halloween and you know and then i started getting into um uh oh you know like i saw last house on the left i spare in your grave you know and um and um and i used to watch a lot of movies on usa network because they used to show on saturday saturdays they had commander usa in the daytime and he used to show a lot of, he used to show a lot of like the Blind Dead movies, like uh, Horror of the Zombies nice. and uh, It's Alive. It was on there. Um, and they had Saturday Nightmares. They showed a bunch of movies. I remember they showed Day of the Dead and um, Night Flight had a bunch of, you know, they used to show Dementia 13. I remember seeing that and really liked, liking that movie. And then as you go into 88, 
and after and then I was I started collecting Fangoria magazine, um, mm-hmm. and, as you do, and then I you know just watched every everything you know, and then when it that's when and I even started going to the movie theater and watching with my friends and seeing these horror films. So like the newer ones, like I think Child's Play came out that year, and uh, that was the first. It wasn't the first rated R movie I saw in the theater because I think Beverly Hills Cop was the first one. Um, but I was with, like, I think with my family, <laughs> you know, but uh, Child's Play was the first rated R movie I saw without an adult. And I was only 15. I was with my friend, my friend Craig, who was only 14. So it's like, we don't know what's going to happen. You know, like, <laughs> are they going to let us in? <laughs> and they did. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. There was one theater that didn't give a, give a shit. There was other right. theaters that did. And the way to get around that is you ask for a PG 13 movie and then you just go into, cause there's yep. no one at the, uh, the door, you know, the door to the, the actual theater part. That's only in the main yep. door. So you say, you want to go see, I don't know, look who's talking or something. And then we go see Friday the 13th, you know, part seven. Security was a bit lax. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'd say at very most of those guys just care if you have like a ticket for the right movie when you get in the door after that, like I don't fucking care. Do you stab somebody in the hallway? I make five an hour. (laughs) I paid. We're good. Yeah. I remember seeing Poltergeist three in the theater too. Uh, saw that. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, that one was, uh, you know, but uh, but yeah, so I just dived right in and just wanted anything horror. Yeah, I'm like. curious. What do you know? Because you mentioned you watched Night of the Living Dead and then dove right into horror movies. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea what it was that uh, that you picked up on that said, I want to watch horror movies? I don't know. It was just something about the movie that fascinated me. It was just like. It was really well done. It was scary. It was something different that I ever seen at the time. Um, I was like, "This is really cool. I want to. I want to see more." And um, mm-hmm. and I wanted it, like I was educating myself. So like you know, I went. Then I, I think right after that, another one of my favorite films is Psycho. Alfred. Alfred it's got psycho. And I, I knew of the movie at the time, of course. And I'm like, I want to see this movie because this is a movie everyone's talking about or everyone it's well-known horror film. So I wanted to see all like the well-known horror. What films. did you like about psycho? Uh, same, the storytelling, the, the way the movie was done, the story, uh, Norman Bates, um, you know, just the music, the way it was put together, edited. It's like, it's a mass. I mean, it's a masterpiece. It's just, that's when I knew, like, okay, I, I, I wanted started being a filmmaker because I was like, I noticed it. I noticed things that pe- other people didn't notice, like how it was cut, how you know, okay, how where music comes in and where, you know, that, that stuff interests me. Oh, like the lighting and the angles. Yeah. Very stark lighting in the in Hitchcock movies. Yeah, he's good at that. Yeah, I mean, and I became a big Hitchcock fan. Uh, after that as well, because I saw the birds and I saw a lot of other films going, you know, like Frenzy and and it's classic like Vertigo and Rear Window, North by Northwest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely sounds like Night of the Living Dead was like the catalyst and you yeah. just branched out yeah. everywhere from there. Like yeah. every series to completion, every mm-hmm. movie, every sequel. Like, yeah, it was. Damn. It was. Like I said, I called it the gateway drug. <laughs> <laughs> Once I took that, I was I wanted to try everything. Um, I'm taking some notes here about some of the things that you were talking about. And for example, this uh, you know, Night of the Living Dead. And and you mentioned things that are different and scary, you know part of childhood development, particularly through that middle teens period, the first half of the, the teens, you know, 13 and younger kids really strongly identify with their parents. They want to be like their parents. And then towards teenage years, there's this battle of, I want to be part of something, but I also want to identify as different because I want to be my own person. Mm-hmm. And so, that's one possible reason why I could see that you might be interested in, in these horror movies, especially if it's something that uh, you feel or felt at the time, not a lot of people were paying attention to, or it was like this thing that you were discovering. Um, but this is just me talking. You could tell me I'm completely wrong and that you don't identify with that at all. No, that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. It, it kind of makes sense. Like, uh, like one one thing I remember, like because like Utica is kind of a place where it's a it's a kind of a dreary, depressing. I mean, at the time it was, you know, I mean now it's really <laughs> depressing there. You know? But um, at the time, you know, it was you know it was a little bit. It was eighties, so it was a little bit more vibrant or something. But what it still was a place like it, it's kind of like a it's a place where you're you're born there you you raise it you raise there and you die there you, you don't leave and uh if you have bi- if you have some like big dreams like if you want to like i want to be a filmmaker or if i want to be an i want to go to hollywood and it think you look they'll look at you like you're crazy you can't, you can't <laughs> so i think that was like when i just wanted like this is what i you know want to do with my life you know, and your family looks at you like, eh, I don't think that's going to happen because it seems too far fetched. Mm-hmm. Especially like you want to make horror films, you want to make these crappy <laughs> Good movies. Luck. You know, you know, you this is what you want to do. So you get that, and you know, and and yeah, it's it's like yeah, you do get that, like you know, because I was a nerd, so you know, uh, and if. Yeah, you, yeah, you know, people that are not horror fans, they look at you like, you're weird. (laughs) Why do you like this stuff? It's about, you know, people killing people. And it's like, you're going to grow up to be a a serial killer or something? Like, you know, they don't, obviously, it's like they, they don't get it. Um, You know, watching these films is almost like, it's a thrill ride. It's like a safe thrill ride. You know, it's like going on a roller coaster. And you know you're safe, you know, you know, and it's, you know, yeah, it's, 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 you know, all entertainment and, um, it's, and it, with horror films, because with, you know, I like all, I like all movies, I like all genres, um, but with horror films, you always get something different. Like an action film are always kind of the same, a comedy is always kind of the same. With a horror film, you know, you have zombies, you have serial, you have like a serial killer, you have a slasher, you have monsters, you have ghosts. So you have all this different types of subgenres throughout horror, which makes it interesting. And 
And it's also, yeah, like shock, you know, it's like the shock value of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can, I can see where you're going with them from with that. Like it, um, there's a couple of different angles. It's the shock value plus it's the, it's the different thing. It's the, uh, taboo. The, it's like tab- taboo, yeah. maybe a little bit less than taboo. Just like the, the thing that's, uh, forbidden fruit, I guess. Pushing boundaries. A different term for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I think as like as a kid, I was frightened of the horror films, but it's something like, ooh, what's... You know, you used to see a trailer, and you're like... You know, I remember being like, yeah, you're kind of... In- you're scared, but you're interested. You're like, but they're like, oh, that's too scary. I can't watch that. Mm-hmm. And then once you get older, you're like, well, I'm going to watch it now. And then you watch <laughs> it, you're like, damn, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like once you get older you get a little bit more courage so you get over that hump yeah of, i'm not supposed to watch this this is scary to mm-hmm. just an, an almost instant mixture of yes this is scary and intriguing mm-hmm. and it's actually really fucking cool yeah. when you say damn it's good forever what, could you explain what makes it good to you i mean other than looking at it from a fan uh from a filmmaker's perspective um well just like it's it's you're getting like a like the whole the whole package where you're getting the thrills. You're getting mo- sometimes good acting, sometimes not. Um, you're getting sometimes something surprising, something shocking, something you know. And then you know, also as a teenage boy, you get you know naked women, and <laughs> you know you get and you get some cool effects, you know, and stuff. You get like whoa, it's like so you, you get a lot of cool stuff. Like even. Remember seeing American Wolf in London, like the the transformation scene of Dave Daunton's character turning into a werewolf, like you know, or the howling, you know, like something like that. Um, the story arcs and everything, the twist, the twist and turns. So, like you get, yeah, you get you get a lot that you know. I mean, it, it you know, and, and I got that same thing with seeing Star Wars too, but you know, it's a little bit different um, because Star Wars is for all audiences. It's, it's the, the, the hero versus the villain and the hero wins and everything. Wait, wait, There's- I got a food analogy for this. Sci-fi action is to cheeseburger as horror is to casserole. Okay, <laughs> sure. There you go. I don't know if that's a good analogy. <laughs> Depends on whether or not you like casserole. <laughs> Yeah. What what yeah. kind of casserole are we talking? Maybe a, a, a turkey dinner or things. Although actually, I guess it might be a fair analogy because that's part of the problem. <laughs> Not really knowing what kind of casserole you're about to dig into. It could be awesome or yeah. it could be shit. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of horror films that was that was the case. <laughs> green bean and possum. Is there another kind no, of casserole? I'm never a fan of green bean casserole. And possum. And possum. Well, you did grow up in Pasco. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny that you're you're bringing up the difference between this and sci-fi, um, because that is actually one of the questions that we end the interview on. Um, is, mm-hmm. We often try to find whatever the common thread is that, that somebody likes about horror. And then one of the last questions is, okay, but why horror? Because would it not be possible maybe to find those same things in other genres? Um, and you're already alluding to the fact that no, there's something that you can't get in other genres that you get out of horror. Right. Yeah. 
with a horror movie, I mean, most of the time the villain gets it at the end, but then there's always that twist where maybe he doesn't, maybe he comes back, maybe that may, you know, or if you watching the whodunit, um, you're wondering, you know, who's, who's the killer. And especially even, even like in the seventies and eighties, a lot of movies followed a template where it's this or the for, a formula where it's kind of the, it's, it's the same, but, the, but also different, you know, like there's the final girl, Jason gets it in the end, but he's not, he comes back for the next of the sequel. And I think as like myself as a filmmaker making movies now, I try to make movies where maybe the final girl is actually the killer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, which we've, we've done that. Not to give any spoilers. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> won't, won't say which movie that was. Yeah. Well, well it's an old, it, it's been out for a while now. So, <laughs> it's, but yeah, so yeah, I you know so, but that's the cool thing about horror movies. You, you there no, there's almost right. like no rules. And yeah, that's pretty much what I was going to say too. That even with sci-fi, for example, you're usually limited to the laws of physics. Um, but mm-hmm. with horror, like particularly ones like the occult and um, supernatural uh, horror, even yeah. the laws of physics are <laughs> sometimes out the window. Um, yeah. Or outside the window, like window adjacent, basically. Yeah. It, it gives you the liberty of being able to do whatever you want. Cause it, it kind of includes other genres. It uh, includes sci-fi as a subgenre includes a cult as a subgenre. So yeah, all options are on the table. So you mentioned having some friends that you went to see some movies with. Did you have a group of friends at this point that were all like horror fans, or was it just friends in general and you happened to go see some horror movies too? Um, it was like friends in general. We just happened to see horror film. I mean, I had one my 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 uh, growing up, my best friend Craig. We we were in, like we were both like really into horror films. So other than my other friends were kind of like they liked it, but they weren't like they were into other things like, so, um, but I think me and Craig were mainly into horror films. Now I was more, you know, I wanted to like, he didn't want to be a filmmaker, but I wanted to be a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So. so you went a little further than he did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The movies that you saw in your teenage years didn't did or did not introduce any new fears that you didn't have before. No. No, because at that time, you know, I was really into horror. I like I can watch a horror film anytime. I can watch it late at night and stuff. And, you know, one uh, one thing, and it was, well, this is maybe not as a teenager, but later on, um, you know, y- y- I got fa- you know fascinated by like real horror, like serial killers, like um, reading about you know like Ted Bundy or Charles Manson and like. Gacy and Dahmer and the Night Stalker and stuff like that, and watching documentaries on that would freak me out because that's like right. this stuff really happened. <laughs> so, um, Understandably. And oh, going back, uh, just um, I remember this was I was probably thirteen. Another a movie that scared me was it was a made-for-TV movie. It was a miniseries, and if you guys remember this, it was called the deliberate stranger and it was about Ted Bundy and I had Mark hmm. Harmon playing Ted Bundy. And I remember watching that uh, and I remember getting freaked out Do about you remember that. What it was. Um, because, oh, that, that freaked me out about the movie. 
probably because I knew it was real. It really happened. Um, and I was like, whoa, this is not a fictional right. movie, you know? And like, I, you know, I was 13, so I knew, you know, and they did it real creepy. I remember him, then they had this scene where he goes into, to, uh, the, the sorority house in, in Tallahassee and he kills everyone with a, you know, a baseball bat and, you know, and then reading, you know, like later on in my life, reading on what he really, you know, like they just, in the, that movie, he just hits him with a baseball bat and he leaves and then like. It's like, oh, he, he did more than that. <laughs> um, you know, unfortunately, um, you know, I mean, I'm so, I, you know, that that does fascinate me about serial killers. I mean, it's not something like I don't, you know, of course, I don't endorse that. You know, they, you know they're they're despicable people and they're, they're glad all of them are dead, you know, and they, you know, um, but it's still that, I don't know, it's that fascination, like reading books about them or seeing all these documentaries, it's still fascinating. Yeah. It sounds like you have a, a healthy separation of fictional entertainment horror and real life. Yeah. Horror. Yeah. Um, was Halloween. Well, you kind of mentioned Halloween was you, you were still uh, participating in it and it was a big thing in terms of the, uh, hay rides. Um, yeah. Like different, different things I did like Halloween, like vert, like, Versus a kid, then teenager, well, then adult. You know, there's there's a so, so there's a social element for some people. Um, having a strong social element really helps motivate them to want to be a part of something. Um, so I was just curious, and that's one of the reasons that we go through things like Halloween. Did you have a favorite costume? Did you enjoy the act of dressing up? Did you have friends that you went out with? That kind of direction. Um, and you had mentioned that you did enjoy the, the hay rides. I didn't know if so yeah. was, was Halloween also like a, a big social thing for you in your teenagers? Yeah. I mean, I mean, as you get older, like, you know, as a kid, I trick or treated. And then as you get older, it's like you outgrow that of course. So then, um, like there wasn't really any party, like, so I'm too old to go trick or treating, you know, mm-hmm. and a couple of times we would go to haunted houses, but then, Sometimes you feel like you're too, not too old for that. Cause you're never too old for haunted houses, but like the ones they had right. were more for kids. And, uh, so I remember like as a teenager, I remember just trying to find what to do on Halloween because I remember like you know, the haunted hay rides are still cool. Like you can still do that as, as a teenager and not be like, Oh, that's for kids. You know? Um, I remember like getting a little bit older, like, in my college years, like going to Halloween parties. Um, but I used to do, um, and I kind of still do, but, uh, I used to go to a convention that's around in Orlando called spooky empire. Um, mm-hmm. that was like kind of a tradition for me because they had it around October and that's, and that's another cool aspect of being a horror, f- horror movie fan is going to a horror convention and especially around Halloween time. It's cool. Because one, you get to meet, you know, celebrities there and you, and I knew a lot of people there and it's also mm-hmm. fun because that's another thing that, you know, misconception, I guess, of horror, horror people that are horror movie fans. Cause pe- like, you know, you, you, people look at, if they're, if you're not a horror movie fan, they look at a horror movie fan, like you're a weirdo, you're going to grow up to be a killer, you know, you know, this and that, but Quite the opposite. Yeah, but nice it, it's horror. it's total opposite because when you go when you meet other horror like that's like a, a horror convention, 
like that's almost like the you know equivalent to like I guess going to Woodstock is mm. in the sixties, you know, and kind of yeah, you know, because everyone is cool, and there's no like fights, you know? no fights. Everybody's having a good time. Yeah. There's liquor carts everywhere. Everyone's drinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if you're so inclined, you can go to the bar and hang out with Kane Hodder. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and everyone, cause it's almost like everyone, we're all speaking the same language and it's all like, if you're a horror movie fan, like I know for myself, like I was, you know, into like obscure horror films, mm-hmm. like as well as the mainstream, like Freddy Krueger and Jason and, you know, Friday 30 Nightmare on Elm Street. But I liked Ursula and Lewis movies. I liked Luciano Fulci movies like Dario Gento and, um, all those, you know, Italian horror films and these, you know, B horror movies and no one ever heard of them. And yeah, you were ahead of the curve. That's what all the kids are into now. It, you know, like it wasn't until I was like almost 30 till I met other people that, you know, you also like Argento, you know? So, you know, um, so yeah, so it's, it's cool to go into a horror movie convention because everyone speaks the same language. Everyone's into the, you know, like, you know, and it, yeah, it's just a real cool atmosphere. Um, I think uh, one of the difficulties of processing or understanding people who go to conventions, not just horror, but any conventions, um, speak, I'll use myself as an, as an example. Um, probably the only real convention that I'd really be a fan of going to is our music conventions or music uh like you mentioned woodstock um convention is not even the right word maybe festival um because i'm i'm a musician i i enjoy music i and i love going to listen to good music um but aside from that like i don't really like anything else enough to go to a convention for it like i've joined chris at at spooky empire in Tampa. Um, it was fun, but I probably wouldn't have gone there if not for the social aspect of going there with friends. Um, same is true with sci-fi. And, and so I could see how it's not, um, it's more on the observer. If, if you will, you know, from speaking as somebody from mainstream society that, uh, it's their own probable bias that they're just not interested in whatever it is enough to go to a convention on that. So they can't understand why someone else would. Um, yeah, I guess you have to have a small amount of interest in something before going to a convention about it. So I think it's more than a small amount scale. because I think it's a, you know, moderate to large amount. Like I, oh, yeah. I, and maybe this is, has, has also something to do with introvert versus extrovert type thing too, because even though I love music, I, I mean, I remember going to, oh crap. What was the, the thing that 98 rock did in Lutz? Livestock. Thank you. There livestock. It is. I went to a couple of those again, more because of the, the social element, but also because of music. But other than that, I haven't really gone to any festivals, but that's probably just because I, I'm more of an introvert than an extrovert. But anyway, um, did uh, did you have any reoccurring dreams in your teenage years? No, I mean, they, only like not like nightmares, but I would since I started coming up, like well, I started writing my own stories and mm-hmm. stuff, horror stories. 
a lot. Sometimes I would come up with movie ideas in my dreams. That's cool. Like, do you have a, a pad next to your bed? And just if you ever had a really uh, crazy dream? Would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there ever a time that you were actually terrified of something as a teen in real life? Uh, no, I don't think so, no. Invincible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, when you're a teenager, you're, yeah, you're, yeah. So you'd already mentioned some of the different things that you were getting to in your uh, adult years in terms of Dario Argento and Lucci and stuff like that, um, which is sort of a different flavor than what you talked about in your teenage years. So to summarize the teenage years, um, do you see any common threads in what you liked in horror in your teenage years? Uh, Yeah. So I, I kind of, Slasher movies and zombies, I say those were my favorite at the, at, okay. at the teenage years. That Any before. particular reason that you enjoyed those more than the others? Um, well, probably was for zombies was because of Night of the Living Dead. Um, mm. That was one of the main reason. Okay. Uh, and the slasher films because there was just so many of them. And, um, you know, right after, you know, watching Night of the Living Dead, I saw Psycho, which... It's kind of a slasher film, but not really. But it's one of the films that, you know, created this slasher, gave birth to the slasher film. Right. It's got a slasher scene mm-hmm. near the end. Yeah. Although and I say Blood Feast, I say Blood, Herschel Gordon Lewis's Blood Feast is the very first slasher film. Um, but um, because it has more of the slasher elements in it. But anyways, yeah. So, but I, but I watched all like Friday the 13th movies and Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween and Texas Massacre. So, it was all that. There were quite a few options with slasher yeah. films in that area. And then I saw like also prom night and terror train and, and, you know, there was a, you know, like a sleepaway camp, um, you know, so, prowler. Yeah. You know, yeah. Quick question to Chris, what scene are you thinking of in, in psycho that was slasher at the end? I was thinking the beginning, the shower was scene. The That's a- I thought that was the beginning. Well, near yeah, shower scene. That was at the end. Wasn't it? That's or the beginning. Yeah. Cause that was the, one of the shocking things about that movie was that she was thought of as the protagonist and to have mm-hmm. her killed off early in the movie was part of the, the shock to it. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure it wasn't. Well, there, there is, I'll, I'll say this at the end, it has the scene where they, they reveal the, the corpse of the mother and the right. And that's, I, I remember that, but I was just asking Chris, cause I thought maybe there was some other scene that I had forgotten. You got me. Okay. I've never seen Psycho. What? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> like, are you pulling my chain? Are you being serious? I think serious. I don't remember ever actually watching it. I've seen clips and scenes here and there, but uh, you um, never seen Psycho. Never, like, oh. never sat down beginning day. Oh yeah, he it. has said in the past that he has uh, missed a lot of the quote-unquote classics. He's more of a. I guess when did when did you start chronologically time speaking like? 90s with interest in horror movies 80s 90s like with the uh yeah t- the chris's um exposure slash. is very wide to things from that like i guess you could say that period moving forward um but yeah he's got some gaps in the in the back catalog <laughs> yeah um which is fair whatever but yeah put that one on your list that, that's a good one so moving into adult years, yeah. um, so far I've gotten written down serial killer documentaries, Dario Argento, Lucci. Um, I guess I want to talk about, so 
in your teens, even there was a very, I guess you could say narrow window where, where you were looking at horror movies from a fan perspective of, Oh, this scares me to, to mm-hmm. then moving into the, I want to approach this from a film, filmmaker's perspective. And they're two different things yeah. because they're, they're both, uh, how can I say this? They're both relevant in terms of a person's development. There are things that I think very many people get into, um, fascinating being fascinated by a particular thing with obviously in your case, horror movie or filmmaking, um, mm-hmm. and other people might be in, fascinated by computers or UGO cards or, you know, systems. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'd like to try to focus on the, the stuff that scared you and things that you were a fan of on the emotional side, because I think that that's a better indicator of what it is that you really like about horror. Because when you talk about it from the filmmaker filmmakers perspective, that's more of a, like a scientific thing almost of, you know, dissecting it. So from in that light, what are some of the things that really impacted you emotionally uh, that you've been experienced to as an adult in horror? Uh, well, um, I think a lot of like, like as I got into my twenties, I saw like, I, yeah, I got more into the Italian, the European film market, um, because, and I, I, you would have to send away for some of these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like the, th- the things I guess that st- stuck out, like stick out like a, maybe emotionally would I mean, there would be some things even going further, like, okay, I would say two movies that stick out would be Cannibal Holocaust and Cannibal Ferox. Okay. Um, and I didn't see those movies until I was like in my late or mid thirties and seeing those movies. I mean, and I, I enjoy those films. Um, but there's a lot, they're, they're emotional on a lot of different levels. I mean, okay, well first let's talk about Holocaust. Mm-hmm. This Holocaust is supposed to be one of those. It's supposed to be like part of it's supposed to be, or it's real. It's like, yeah, it was kind of the first found footage. Yeah, film, it's, really. it's called yeah, it's like the, the first found footage movie. I mean, and not all of it is found footage, of course. Like it's in no. like they, they go into the jungle and they find these, the, the film of the, the documentary, uh, crew that was shooting the thing about the the cannibal tribe, and they come mm-hmm. back and they're 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 going through the footage. But there's a lot of you know uh, things in the movie that are kind of you know well, one they're ki- you know they're killing real animals in it, which that's not cool. Nah. You know it, it's it's weird because Cannibal Hog is it, I describe it as it's a beautiful movie, but it's also a terrifying, disturbing film. Well, made it beautiful. Well. The soundtrack. the soundtrack. Oh my yeah, that amazing <laughs> soundtrack, especially the opening. It really is. I mean, that's yeah, yeah. It, and the cinematography in parts, so it has that. Um, you know, so that and it's the way it's made. It's okay. like looking at it, and but then it has a lot of rough things in it, like actual animal abuse, animal abuse rape, rape, uh, and, yeah rape on top of the burned hut of an indigenous people that may or may not have the burned corpses of their family members yeah. in it. So there's a lot of rough things, you know, and there's like, 
you know, for a guy, there's like a castration scene in it and stuff. So I forgot about that. Um, it's kind of it's not as graphic as the castration scene in Ferox. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, so there's those. So that was like a film you look at, like, whoa, you know, and and I mean, I heard about that film back in the '80s when I was a teenager, but I just didn't get a chance to see them until that point. Those film, you know, like same thing in Ferox. I mean, Ferox is a little that had an awesome soundtrack too, but it's not. Um, I mean, it's still a serious film. It's not comical any 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 way, shape, or form, but it's not. You know, it's got a lot of unrealistic things where they cut off what's his face's dick, and then he's okay. You know, they they cauterize the wound, and then he's like walking around. Not you know, like he's still their prisoner, but he's still like trying to escape and stuff. So it's like that stuff. It's fine. Only itches a little. Yeah. So those movies, kind of like as an adult, like seeing those kind of, you know, they 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 stuck stuck out in the. I guess like the emotional level where you see things like, Whoa, this is kind of disturbing, Mm. but intriguing at the same time. Uh, I would uh, also devil's rejects. Um, That movie like, like, like felt like a seventies grindhouse film. Um, Some other Rob zombie films I'm not a fan of, you know, I don't like, I don't like his Halloween movies. Um, but um, I really like Devil's Rejects. Um, I thought there were a lot of, you know, most like there was a lot of this, like I think the the scene with Priscilla Barnes in there, like putting a gun to her like pussy and stuff. And like seeing that, and I remember seeing that movie when it came out in the theater and that was like a main mainstream horror film at the time. And they were, you know, I don't know, they did a lot of cool things. And also I think a, a cool thing that they did in in the movie where the antagonists at the end become the protagonist and the protagonist becomes the antagonist. Mm-hmm. Which is I find interesting. Which um uh another big thing I'm I'm a big and I, I I'm a big wrestling fan, so it's called like the double turn in wrestling. <laughs> A heel becomes the baby face, and the baby face becomes a heel in a match and stuff. So, so they kind of did that in that movie. So, um, emotionally, you're invested. Like you, you see, like the Firefly family, they're despicable people. And you know, you got the was William Forsythe played the sheriff in that movie, and he's like tracking them down. He's getting revenge on the the you know his, his brother that they killed in the first movie and. And but then at the end, you you feel for the fire, you know, Sid Haig and Bill Mosley and Sherry Muzani, and you're like hating William Forsythe and stuff. It's like, whoa, it's like, but they're the bad guys, you're they're supposed to get, but you're like rooting for them. And it's different because, like, obviously, like, you know, the Friday 13th and Nightmare Elm Street movies, you know, eventually towards the end, you're rooting for Freddy, you root for Jason. You know, because you don't care about the stupid teenager. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do a good job in those movies throughout the the film, mm-hmm. making you root for these stupid teenagers yeah. to get killed. Yeah, and but with Devil's Rejects, like they did a good job of making the villains hateable. But yeah. then at the end, you're actually rooting for them because, you're, mm. which is, and that it's it's a movie. It's they they for some reason he pulled it off. 
I think uh, I think half of the credit there, if not more, can go to uh, Forsythe's performance as the sheriff because yeah, he went hard on that villain character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, could take a yeah. tangent quickly into wrestling and just in case it mm-hmm. winds up being related. But what is it? You said you, you said you were a big fan of wrestling. Any idea why you're a big fan of wrestling? I was a fan of wrestling probably, well, first horror films, but then, then, then came wrestling because one of my other friends, Mark, he was a big wrestling fan. And just the spectacle of it, this, the, it's a, uh, as we call it, it's a male soap opera. Yes. <laughs> um, and it's a, it, it just, and I still watch it today, even though it's not as good as it used to be. It's a, it's, it's every, it's a, it's a male soap opera. It's a comic book come to life. It's a, you can go live and see it and you see the, you know, the good guys facing the bad guys and, and, you know, and you just, this in the storytelling and, 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 and even the athleticism, you know, the, the, the moves, the guys do in the ring and the storytelling, the psychology and, and, it, and it's funny because I meet a lot of horror fans that are also wrestling fans. There's so many. And it's kind of like the, the two genres, like with wrestling and horror, it's like, it's the same kind of thing. Like, you know, people look at you funny when you say you watch that. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. All right. No, that, that kind of falls in line with what you were saying about, you know, the movies, you know, being extreme and making you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. uh, you know, wrestling makes is extreme. Maybe doesn't make you uncomfortable, but is, is still extreme in a different way. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny that you said that about the male soap opera because I've been saying that for decades. That oh, that's a common term. That's, soap opera yeah. plus testosterone. Mm-hmm. Um, so the things that it seems that were scaring you in your adult years are more now, and this is not unlike we have heard before. Uh, now coming more towards things that of uh, you know based in reality. Yeah. Cannibal Holocaust, the the you know affecting real animals, and I'm, I'm guessing you had already mentioned by teenage years you were able to watch this stuff without it, it uh, triggering any new fears. I'm guessing that's also the case for your adult years. No, no new fears. Yeah, because now, especially when you're when you make horror films, yeah, you know, like put all the fabricated special effects, makeup, anything. Yeah, you just after doing it, you look at it like. Oh, I know what that is. Yeah. Know what that is. And now that yeah. you're into filmmaking, I'm guessing you have more of a, uh, a group of friends that you can share this with, not just Craig. It's like, there is more of a group. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Cause now it's like, I have friends like that are also filmmakers as well that we all, you know, share the same thing, you know, like, and I met so many, like I used to even write for a website called crazefanboy.com back in the two thousands where all of us were, fandoms of a lot of things like sci-fi horror movies comic books music you know wrestling um so um but yeah there and especially with facebook now we meet so many people on facebook but yeah so yeah now there's a lot i have a lot more friends that we have a lot more the same things in common with horror films did you have you had any reoccurring dreams as an adult or any particularly scary dreams as an adult no, uh, not really. I mean, same kind of things like I would come up with, like if I'm thinking, you know, a horror movie idea, I might, you know, dream up some scenarios because like my subconscious is, you know, still mm-hmm. working <laughs> mm-hmm. um, that. Um, but 
and nothing in real life that's actually terrified you? Uh, no, no, no. Maybe seeing some bad movies. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, for some people, it could be things like, you know, an actual death in the family or almost losing somebody you care about or you know. no, I mean, I've, of course I've had, I had deaths, deaths in the family, but I mean, not really anything like right. traumatizing or it's um, a good thing. <laughs> no, no. And nothing, nothing ever happened, you know, or either on sets or nothing, nothing, you know, crazy or okay. anything like that. So. Um, the next two questions I'm going to ask are not just related to horror. They're across any genre. Um, the two questions are what movie have you watched more times than any other? And which movie would you say is your favorite? And they may not be the same movie. That's why we're asking him as two separate questions. That's well, I would say the, the, the most movie I've ever watched would be star Wars. Which one? Uh, the first one. Which is okay. uh, a new right. hope to the younger no, 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 folks no. out there. No, no, no. We, we are about the same age. That was the first one, period. <laughs> yeah, <it's> the first <laughs> one. A close second would be probably Night of Living Dead. Um, mm. But, uh, and my favorite would, it would, it would okay. be Star Wars of all time. Yeah. Okay. Um, any idea why that one would be your favorite? Just because it's it's kind of the first movie, not it's not the first movie I ever saw, but I was like four years old when it came out. But it was the first movie that I kind of remember. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, it, and it, and like I said, I think that's the movie that planted that seed in me, where you know this is this is this magical world I want to be a part of, as far as like mm-hmm. movie making. You know, that's that's my you know favorite movie of all time because it's just like has a special place in me and my youth and your development. Yep. My development. Mm -hmm. And then, and again, a close second would be not living dead because that's my favorite. For the same reasons. (laughs) So we mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, common threads in your teenage years uh, and how that may have changed into your adult years. What would you say is the common thread now and what kinds of horror you like? So, I, I mean, I still kind of like the same type of um, movie. Zombies. Uh, I mean, I you know, I, I, zombies are kind of, you know, because I do like Walking Dead and I do still watch it, but that's kind of, they kind of run it to the ground. So are you kind of like. So what's your favorite uh, you now? Uh, favorite like subgenre would be, I don't know, I, st- I still like s- slasher, okay. slasher film. Yeah. Um. I you know I, I still like the like, I like a good whodunit slasher. Hmm. No. Uh, that's a, those are good. Where you know you're trying to guess who the killer is. So. Yeah. Um. As far as emotions go, usually our last question is there could be any other number of things that trigger the emotions that you've talked about. Why horror? Mm-hmm. Um. It, it seems like for you the summary would be. Yes, there was some, it was extreme and weird, but I haven't heard you talk about any other than the spiders. Uh, You haven't talked about any particular phobia of any particular thing or any joy of any particular thing either. So in your case, it just really seems like this was your opportunity to do, to do something different just because it was different. Like we talked about uh, earlier 
as your way of saying, okay, this is how I'm going to self-identify as being me. Mm-hmm. Unless you can think of sir piece of information we haven't talked about yet. Um, I don't know. You mean like, like why, like why I picked horror or why? Like, so usually in a lot of the other interviews that we talk about, there are particular emotions that people express either a fear of something or a desire to move towards something. And, but there's something in particular, like for example, Mm -hmm. one of our guests had a, a fear of losing his eyes and that was tied to lack of control. And he, he, because of the things that he experienced in his life really felt like he needed control. And so for that, you know, the question there is, okay, well, what, what there are other things other than horror that could elicit these feelings of control. So why horror? But in your case, there, there doesn't, at least to me, seem to be any particular fear or desire other than just wanting to say, this is who am I, I, I choose to identify as. Um, unless you can think of an example that we haven't touched on. No, I mean, I think like, yeah, like to me, like, yeah, there's not a, any particular fear or, or something where like, I need horror movies as like a therapy or something. It's more just, like I said, when I saw that, let me dead for the first time, I was just like, Whoa, this is like different from a star Wars movie or a typical you know, it's like, what else, what else is horror going to offer me? Mm. So I think diving into that, like I said, it's, it's all, there's different. And it's just like, and also, you know, it's, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a, it's a safe thrill, you know, like if, mm. if actually, you, have, you know what, I'm glad that you said that because that just reminded me of one other thing that you did say. Um, we briefly talked about how Utica seemed at least at the time, you know, depressing and stifling, if you will. Um, and so I can see that maybe being an emotional response of, I don't want to get stuck in this place. I want to, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, for, you know, violating these boundaries that have been placed on me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like, and the movies are always like an escape. So it's also like an escape to like, yeah, if your, if your life isn't that great or where you're living that great, you can go watch a movie and it takes you away from, I don't even just mean it as the escape of, of being in the movie itself, but I mean, in terms of filmmaking as a, as a career of being your way to get out of that city, literally the geographic area. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 That I agree with. Yeah. That yeah, they could definitely be a drive at that point. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, cause it's something, especially at that time where if you want to be a filmmaker, you either go to New York or Hollywood. So it definitely takes you out of where you were originally at. Um, mm. yeah, I, I agree with that. It's something, you know, but yeah, with, with horror movies, like it's like I was saying before, it's like, it's like a roller coaster ride. It's a safe thrill, you know, because like, and there's people like that have different like thrills, like, you know, like, you know, some people, you know, love to try to cheat death or go as fast as they they can in their car before crashing or something. But that's not, that's not me more. 
like I'll watch a horror film to kind of this is my what am I gonna what a like because like I said you don't know what you like, with certain horror films you don't know what to expect yeah. like there's certain movies that yeah you know what you're gonna get and then those movies like yeah they're you know like but some movies even today like you you sit down and watch like what what am I in like what am I you know where's this gonna go yeah yeah I would say it's it's that it's kind of like uh it's a safe thrill and adrenaline yeah. and just thrill really it's like like for instance, uh, you saw a Night of the Living Dead uh, at uh, an adolescence or at a young age, and you know there's that initial thrill. However, you happen upon the movie, mm-hmm. it's like holy shit! There are people attacking people and they're eating people. It's exciting and dangerous and thrilling. Yeah. From there, that that just kind of becomes almost uh, not really an addiction, but just an interest. Yeah. yeah, you know, you have one thrill of discovering horror, and from there. You keep wanting to go back to that. Thread. Well, and I'm thinking, drug, but I'm not. trying to piece this all together in my head that it, it almost seems to me like the, the real desire that we've talked about, at least in, in, in this call, it seems to me like the bigger desire was to break those boundaries. Maybe that you felt placed on you in Utica. And then the horror thing might almost be secondary, although a very close second in that, it was something that you enjoyed and it allows you more creative freedom than maybe sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the horror movie, like, like for one, if you're, if you're a filmmaker, especially low budget, you're going to gravitate to horror films because the, that's yeah. like, and I think, uh, John Carpenter said it where comedy, you can't translate to another country. Sometimes it's cultural. It's, you know, American comedy from comedy in Europe, you know? And so, but you don't have to translate fear. Right. Yeah. Also with horror versus sci-fi, it's easier to make blood spurting out of somebody's neck than it is a uh, model starship. Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's hard to do well. <laughs> hard to I mean, do well, yeah, yeah. yeah it's <laughs> Cause there are some red dwarf gems out there. Hey, you do not besmirch the name of Red Dwarf, sir. I wasn't besmirching. I was saying that that's an example of one that, well, but I think that's more because it's the comedy that saves it. But, it you is. know, you can tell that it's low budget in terms of the sci-fi. What? Part part you mean, is, is that a lampshade on the back of the shuttle in the intro to the I show? I have no idea. I'm just thinking yeah. of like the scene. I remember the scenes of like uh, Holly, the hologram. <laughs> um, like I said, it's, it was a, a way for you to, identify yourself mm-hmm. and and then the filmmaking aspect of it was part of your way to break break some boundaries yep. and get out of where you were and it just so happened that it coincided very well with your enjoyment of horror so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah you got lucky <laughs> definitely definitely Although I have always liked to say luck is opportunity plus preparation. So yeah, yeah. Uh, like a true gym teacher. Well, you know, if you're prepared, but you don't have an opportunity, you're not going anywhere. (laughs) If you've got the opportunity, but you're not prepared, you're not going anywhere. Um, Yeah. uh, Will, thank you very much for being our guest. Uh, We do appreciate the. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Thank you guys for having me on the show. 
And thank you to anybody out there listening. Again, please do come visit us at horrormixeshappy.com. We'll have a schedule posted there to show who we're interviewing, as well as the people we'd like to interview. Um, if you can help us connect with any of those people, or if you know someone you'd like to have added to the list, let us know. Um, you can also become a Patreon subscriber. Link to our social media in general. Just come let us know how we're doing. Horrormixeshappy.com. <laughs>